And it really ended up shaping to be a, a wonderful partnership opportunity. And what I always describe it to people as the process is like dating. Uh, before you get married, before you get into that partnership, you want to date your partner before you, you know, enter into that long-term commitment. And that's what a, a real estate partnership is. It's a long-term commitment. And we've been committed to each other for, uh, I don't know, two years now, and it's worked out wonderfully so far. And we have, you know, a lot more deals on the horizon. So uh, that's kind of how we got brought together. And it's, it's, been, it's been a great journey so far. Welcome to the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show, a community for real estate investors to learn, network, and grow. Be sure to join the InvestNest.com and start learning and earning today. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Travis Murphy, and you're listening to the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show. Today is our holiday podcast party, so I'm really excited to have uh, two of my favorite people joining me today, my real estate investing partners, James Ripion and Todd Buckman are gonna be our invest guests. And they're gonna join me on the holiday party and talk a little bit about what they do with real estate investing and what the three of us do together. So I'm really excited about the show. I think you guys are gonna enjoy it. But before we begin, I wanna remind everybody listening to the podcast to please hit the subscribe button. And if you're enjoying the show so far, leaving a review and rating on the show gives, is a really big help to us. And of course, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. And if you haven't done so already, visit theinvestnest.com. You can create your free investor profile and start networking with other members on the website. All right. And now I'm going to welcome my two real estate investing partners to the show. We've got Todd Buckman joining us and James Ripion. Uh, hey, guys. How you all doing? Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having us, Travis. Absolutely. Did you guys have a good uh, Christmas and everything? Great Christmas. Had a good time with uh, all the kids and family. And... Uh, had some good food, got some good presents. How about you, James? Yeah, same. Good time with family. Uh, definitely ate too much food, drank a little bit too much beer, but it was a good time. Awesome. That's what we're supposed to do over the holidays. Relax, spend time with family and enjoy ourselves. So good stuff. All right, well, let's let's dive right in. I, a little bit of background for every our listeners out there. These, these two guys here are uh, my partners in investing. We've been investing together for about two years. But I'm going to let them tell us a little bit about themselves before we get into our story. So, James, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you, you know, what you've got going on right now, investing and in life. Sure. Yeah. No problem. So, I'm an attorney by trade. That's what I do for my W-2 day-to-day job. I represent small business owners, um, small businesses, anything from contract to employment matters, corporate matters. Uh, so that's kind of my wheelhouse and what I'm doing on the day-to-day. Um, and I, you know, as of two years ago, two and a half years ago, I got really into the idea of investing in real estate. So really trying to explore different avenues of getting there. It started with trying to get into um, buying vacant land. So I started doing mailers out to Frederick County where we live and seeing what kind of off-market deals I could find. And it all started to snowball from there and didn't end up buying any deals from that, but learned a lot along the way ended up getting me to where I'm at now, which is having a couple different partnerships uh, rolling at the same time, um, pr principally with you guys. So we've got that eight unit that we just sold. Uh, we had some single families that were trying to 1031 into a bigger deal right now. Uh, we've got a flip going, I just closed on five units with another partnership uh, nearby in a small town. Uh, and then my fiance and I, we've got a single family down in Fayetteville, North Carolina, that we rent out and it's nice cash flow, super easy rental. Uh, picked it up super cheap um, and cash flowed from day one. Yeah, also, I, I know you've got a lot of stuff going and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, have you tell us a little bit more about that in a, in a little bit because you, you went really quick, you know, you, you hadn't been, in, had not been investing and from when, you know, the day you started to where you are now, you've accomplished a lot. So I want to talk a little, a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But Todd, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little introduction, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a father and a husband. I got a great wife and uh, two great kids. Um, I'm also a, own a small business, landscape business. I've owned that for 20, over 25 years. Uh, I have a real estate portfolio of some single family homes and townhouses and multifamily properties. 
turned 50, had a midlife crisis, bought an RV and a Harley, <laughs> and I love to ski. I love to cook. Uh, um, besides that, you know, just love to travel and have a good time. Awesome. Very cool. And yeah, and Todd's got a different story. Uh, he's been doing real estate investing for a very long time. So we're going to we're going to dig into that a little bit as well. Uh, but first, James, why don't you give us a little background on the three of us, you know, and how we came together and, you know, how we got started doing what we're doing? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's kind of backwards way of getting to know your partners uh, from what somebody would, I guess, typically think would happen. So the way it kind of worked out was, you know, randomly, but fortuitously, uh, we, Travis and I connected on bigger pockets and that's where it all started. We were going through the forums. Um, we some, somehow or another figured out that we live close by in the same area. So we decided to get together um, and just chat. And it was, uh, I was working uh, at a small law firm at that point, And I remember him texting me, Travis texted me and he said, um, and do you mind if I bring another one of my, you know, my partners that I do other deals with along, you know, we just get together and chat. I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, and, and I was a little, you know, put off by it at first because, you know, I was bringing another guy to the meeting, someone I didn't know, wasn't really expecting it. Um, and it ended up being Todd. And the three of us met at a coffee shop downtown in Frederick and uh, really hit it off. And I remember Todd being you know, he kept on poking. He's like, what are your goals? Like, what do you want to get out of the partnership? What kind of things are you looking to do? And what he was really searching for was an alignment of personality and goals and ideals uh, with what we could do with our real estate business. Um, and from that point on, we just kept in touch. We were looking at different markets all across the countries, looking for different kinds of deals, multifamily, single family. Uh, we would shoot, you know, text messages back and forth. We'd get, you know, some drinks, dinner, get together, talk. Um, and it really ended up shaping to be a, a wonderful partnership opportunity. And what I always describe it to people as the process is like dating. Uh, before you get married, before you get into that partnership, you want to date your partner before you, you know, enter into that long-term commitment. And that's what a, a real estate partnership is. It's a long-term commitment. And we've been committed to each other for, uh, I don't know, two years now, and it's worked out wonderfully so far. And we have, you know, a lot more deals on the horizon. So uh, that's kind of how we got brought together. And it's, it's been, it's been a great journey so far. Awesome. And Todd, why don't you take us a little bit through after we met and what we've done since then? Well, I mean, after we met, we started searching for properties in a certain area of the country in the triad in North Carolina. And we were looking for single family homes to buy and build up a portfolio of single family homes. And we did a pretty good job at it. We, you know, we've, we bought, I think eight of them and they all turned out to be great rental properties. And, and we built a great relationship with the property management company down there, Mabe Realty, shout out to Mabe. And then also to our real estate agent, Rick Godby and you know, we just had a good time. We were renting the properties. Travis and I would go down there every once in a while and look at a new property, inspect it, come back, put offers in, and, you know, it worked out good. And then so we built that up, and, and then we ended up selling it, um, you know, last week. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to take that money and try to do that 1031 and buy something big, you know. I want to dig into this a little bit more because I think the way that we did it would be intriguing to some of our listeners out there. How did we take down most of our single family rental properties? Yeah. So it's, it's you know, I'm sitting here, you know, re-listening this, this story and remembering how it played out. It's pretty, pretty cool for at least myself. I know Todd's been, been, been there, done that already, but for myself, no, this I mean, was a great experience. This was, this was different. This is great. I think. And I, th I think you'll see that with a lot of the deals you do, everything seems to have a different <clears throat> flavor to it. And this was definitely unique. Um, the first deal that we purchased was something that we found online. It was marketed as a one listing on MLS. And it was actually a package of three different properties. So it was three single family houses. 
And we were working with our realtor, Rick, and this came across our radar one way or another. Either Travis found it because he's always looking for deals or Rick brought it to us because he's always trying to sell us something. And um, we found this really good opportunity. So a, um, you know, an investor was trying to offload these three properties. And we, we took a look, we inspected them, we gathered what we thought would be a good offer. And we ended up offering all cash to purchase these first three units. And we ended up creating the strategy for our offers that is, you know, not a lot of people do, but we like to present options whenever we're working with the seller because you don't know what the pain point is going to be. You don't know what's going to trigger them to want to sell quick or get more money or this, that, or the other. So we would have these different options where we would offer all cash for one price, seller financing for maybe a higher price because it would be less money out of our pocket. Maybe if it wasn't 100% seller finance, but a portion of it. And the third option would be we secure, you know, bank financing. Uh, and we, we pretty much just let the seller determine how much we're paying. Uh, with all those being favorable options for us because we set the prices. Um, so that's how we picked up our first deal. And, you know, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Abe already managing those three? Yeah. 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 That's how we met so, Abe, you know, through so those first three properties. Immediately, we did not have the headache of having to find a new property manager. And so that was May 2019. 18, May 2018, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Within, I don't know, a month, May brought us another package. Actually, James, I think that was May 2019. Was it 19? Yeah, because we've only been doing this for less than two years. Yeah, okay. So it was 2019. Within a month, they brought us um, another package of three. Um, and we ended up taking down that package as well. I think we bought the first one with cash. I think that was all the money that we brought to the table. Uh, so we did notes to our entity for the first for the first package, and then the, for the second one, when that came across, we we're like, "Shit, we don't have any more money. What do we do?" Um, so then we got creative. We started to look around for for opportunities for securing capital. So we went to friends. We had promissory notes drawn up. We secured capital that way, and we were able to take down the second package. Um, so before you know it, you know, within a span of three months, I'm just a newbie investor. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm six units deep already. And, you know, kind of unsure of how things were going to play out. But I knew with Travis and Todd, you know, it was going to work out well. And I can't remember when the third transaction came up, how long. I think that was, I think that was a seller. Was that the seller finance property? Yeah. Exactly. So that was, I don't know how much longer after the one, the first six, but it wasn't long. Broker, it, wasn't, it wasn't very long. It yeah. Wasn't. Not at so all. We, we ran out of money after the first deal, then got <laughs> promissory notes for the second deal. And then for the third deal, uh, the same broker brought us two single families right next to each other. Nice brick uh, ranchers um, already being rented. And it was a package deal. And we worked with uh, the broker to negotiate seller financing on that. And we, I think we put $4,000, $6,000 down pretty much. We had to come, to come to the closing table with. And, you know, in less than six months, we you know, took down three different deals, eight, eight units. Um, and then we did some other creative stuff after that. But that, that's how it got started. And yeah. then we got a loan and we jumbled all of it into one big loan through Carter Bank except for the one owner finance property. Right. So yeah, we did, we did um, put everything together, refinanced out. You know, hindsight, you know, we probably could have pulled more money out if we were a little bit more patient, but I think, uh, I think we wanted to get our money back out so we could just start cash flowing and just have that asset performing. So we, we almost, we almost burned them, but we, you know, we didn't really do many improvements to the property. We just bought them right, bought them at a good price. And, Basically, we, we were recycling other people's private notes or promissory notes that we had established to take these properties down. And like Todd said, once we, once we had them all purchased, we were able to get past this, uh, a seasoning period and then refinance and, you know, redistribute that capital back to us to either pay our 
partners off who had given us the notes or go buy more properties or flip houses or whatever we wanted to do. I wanted to add, I want to add another layer into this because I don't think we brought it up yet, but this was all out of state too. So none of this, we're up here just outside of DC and this is all down in, in North Carolina. So for our listeners out there, this, none of this was in our backyard. You know, we weren't anywhere close to the properties, not as familiar with the market from, from day one. Uh, Todd, can you talk a little bit more about the importance of those relationships that we were able to establish early on and how helpful that was to us, not only to be able to do the investing out of state, but also to come across all these different opportunities. Oh, I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You've already gone over it. I mean, maybe it's just an asset. They did a wonderful job, you know, uh, and Rick, he was very, very helpful. And our contractor Devon was great as well. So, I mean, being in the business up here, I, have, I basically do all that stuff myself and having them down there doing all that for me, it's, it, it, it was just great, you know? So yeah, it is super job. Yeah. And, and just to take that a step further, you know, the, the property management company was kind of a mom and pop shop and they had been managing other people's properties, you know, for a long period of time. So I, I think what it was with some of these other um, landlords that they were managing for had maybe gotten older and, uh, the, the, the older landlords that were ready to sell, I think they just, for some reason, thought of us first. Maybe it was the cash that we were bringing or, you know, just whatever. But it wasn't just the management. It, I mean, they put us in touch with contractors, which allowed us to then go do a, a lot of other things. And now I want to take that back over to James. In, in the interim, James, while we were taking these properties down and refinancing, you know, back into our longer term hold position, what were some of the other things that we did once we were able to, you know, get that initial capital back um, that we bought these properties with after we re refinanced? Yeah, so it all comes back to relationships and Mabe really put us in a position to succeed there. Uh, I think the first thing we did was a wholesale deal, uh, which we actually found off market because I was sending mailers down to the area where we were targeting, uh, just trying to find small multifamilies. And this is this is a crazy story. We, we sent these mailers, uh, I got some feedback and some hits and over one, I guess it might've been Christmas last year, maybe Thanksgiving, drove down there to see my fiance's family, hang out with her. And it's only, you know, hop, skip and a jump away from the town we were targeting. So I drove down there and I went and checked out some of the properties that I'd sent mailers to just to see kind of what I had mailed. Cause I didn't see these places. I don't know what we were looking and getting into. Um, so I drove by this, the last one on my list, and it was the most horrible looking street, you know, very low income, you know, I got out of my car and like people are looking at me um, and I do the test where like you wave to them and if they don't wave, you're not in a good area. Thankfully they waved. So, you know, they're good people there, but you know, it was, you know, trash littered everywhere, overgrown. Mattress people. on the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know it wasn't a nice place and I, I remember doing an instagram story on it being like wow this place you know we'll never buy this place what a what a heap um you know lo and behold you know three weeks later i get this call from somebody and it's the most southern thick accent i've i've ever heard in my life and i can't for the life of me understand all i can hear is north carolina property something, something, something dollars. And I was like, okay, someone wants to sell, sell the property. So I got the information as much as I can gather. And we ended up looking into it. I think they wanted $150,000. It ended up being an eight unit apartment, eight unit apartment, uh, four below, four on top, vinyl siding. Um, they wanted about 150. We ended up getting it under contract for 90. $90,000, eight units. And this isn't like in the eighties, this is like a couple months ago. Um, so, you know, that was either a sign of one of two things. We did an awesome job and had a great deal or there was something we were missing. Uh, ended up being something we were missing. I'll, I'll let Travis and Todd take it over from there, but uh, we ended up eventually uh, wholesaling it uh, to another investor down in the area, only to learn almost a month ago that he re-wholesaled it. Um, so it, that was an interesting deal. 
I don't know if you two want to talk about that one. You guys had some yeah, games. I'll, I'll add that it was fully rented too. So when the when the guy reached out, uh, Billy Bone reached out. It was he was the property manager um, for a, a you know long time owner, and uh, it was a fully rented property. You had already seen it, James. Todd and I had not, and I think we actually got it under contract before Todd and I had seen it. So I think we, or at least came to terms. I think we came, we had come to terms and I drove down there with a check and, a, and, a, and was gonna sign the contract with the guy. But yeah, Todd, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you saw when you first- Yeah, I, I, then I think you came back from your trip and said, Todd, I think you need to come down here and look at this <laughs> one because it looks like a good deal, but I'm not 100% sure on this one because for some reason the price is good. So then Travis and I went down there and took a look at it and it was a nice building if it was in our area it probably would have been seven hundred thousand dollars for something like that but uh you know it was it didn't the maintenance was not upkept on it it was the stairs were a liability there was you know there was a lot of you know improvements that needed to happen in order to make it safe and secure and something that we would want to be part of and rent. So we just decided to get rid of it and wholesale it because the money we would have had to put into it, you know, wouldn't have been, then the investment wouldn't have been worth it. But, yeah. you know, plus we called around trying to find property management companies in the area that would want to manage this property for us. And several of them said, you know, we're just not interested in renting or managing that property for you. So that's, that's a sign. And, and, you know, James reached out to basically another a wholesaler slash property manager that ended up, you know, it worked for him because he was a property management. He was from the area and it was a perfect match. And I, I just like to add to that. We, we had no intention of wholesaling this. Uh, right. We thought we were going to buy it. And after we did our diligence and realized we were, we had a turd in our hands you know, we thought at first that the deal was dead in the water. Um, but, you know, then we kind of thought about it and said, we got this thing under contract already. You know, let's, let's do that thing called wholesaling, see if we can find a buyer. So that's kind of what just spurred that. You know, we didn't have the intention of doing anything with it, but we just kind of made it happen. So we started reaching out and seeing if there was somebody who could make the opportunity work and that property manager slash investor slash real estate agent lived down there. He had contacts and contractors and he could self-manage it and make it work. I think the rents were about 350 bucks a unit. Um, <clears throat> someone was paying 300 cause he cut the grass or was supposed to at least. That pays it cash flowed. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I mean, I'll add to that a couple of things is I know people might be thinking, okay, Deferred maintenance, low rents, this sounds like a value add opportunity, right? But I think what we learned as we dug into it further, it, to Todd's point, it was cash flowing and it potentially was an opportunity for a value add. There were some severe safety issues. So I think that was the first thing that caught our attention was the it was going to take some time, number one, to get it up to par. And the way some of these people were living in these properties was a concern to us. Um, you know, if something were to happen with a fire or something like that before we were done with the renovations, it would put it was exposing us to a potential liability. The other thing is, is the area as a whole wasn't bad. But for some reason, like James started the story off, that little intersection right there just was the worst part of town. And apparently everybody in town knew it. And it wasn't very large and it wasn't really that, that bad, but it was just, you know, trash in the streets, mattresses in the yards. It was obvious that there was not really going to be any appreciation going on there for a while, and I think yeah, even if we would have fixed up the building, it would have been a it would have been a tough road. We would have had to buy several buildings on the on the block, and it would have taken five to ten years to build up the whole area in order to make it. Yeah, and we we didn't have, we don't have that much time. We don't yeah. want to spend that much time. Well, ultimately, that was what my conclusion was as well, or all of us, I think, really was that if we had a really nice property, I don't know that we would have been able to rent it to support the nice property at that point in that location. So we could change the property, but we couldn't change the location. Yeah. But like James said, we didn't just walk away. We had it built into the contract. So we had an out, we, you know, we had an inspection period. 
our due diligence period, we were able to do our inspections and get out of the contract. But instead of just backing out, you know, I think it was James that was really ringing this bell was, you know, what can we do with this thing to still try to make some money off of it? And along the way, we had met some contacts, you know, picking up these single family houses, met with different property managers, had come across different, you know, people down there and kind of developed some relationships. So James started reaching out, right? And and had a hit on somebody that had some interest and whatever he ended up doing with it after we sold it to him is his prerogative. But, you know, we made a little bit of money on the deal and it was Good better for him. than I mean, that's, everyone, everyone made money. You know, he made money, we made money. Hopefully the guy bought it from him made money. And, you know, that's the thing about wholesalers, you know, sometimes, yeah, you, you feel kind of cheated when you're buying something from a wholesaler or when you're wholesaling something. Like, you want to make sure that you're getting most of the deal. But, you know, we, we just focus on getting the deal done and making sure everyone was happy. And, and we, we wanted to make sure everybody knew what they were getting into. We weren't trying to hide anything. You know, everybody knew exactly what was going on. And it was still a good deal for everyone. So it yeah. turned out great. Transparency is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like James said, we're not wholesalers. We had no intention of wholesaling this property. It just, it was an opportunity that we had and, and it wasn't working with the way we originally intended it. So we pivoted and still made an opportunity out of it, which is, I think, pretty cool. Um, and I think for, the reason I think I want to bring all this up to people listening is because some of those, some people out there that may not have started investing, you know, like all of us, we read books, we listen to podcasts. And I think a lot of times we think, it's a certain script that you have to follow, which in reality, you know, and I want to kind of close out with this in a few minutes, James, you know, with you, and then also talk with Todd about comparing what we're doing now to what he's done in the past. But, you know, once you get started, there's not really a script, right? You know, you just, you kind of, there's always going to be surprises and you've got to try to make the most of the situation. And sometimes it doesn't work the way you intended it to, but that doesn't mean it, it's necessarily going to work out bad for you either. Real quick, I want to talk about two more things just with what we've got going on. Number one, you know, we did a couple of actual house flips. And I'll let Todd kind of take this one back to the relationships that we established down there in North Carolina and how that allowed us to actually flip flip homes down there being up here in Maryland. Can, can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, what we did with flipping homes? Yeah, basically, uh, maybe. Uh, Realty brought us some houses. Hey, hey, do you guys want to buy this house? Uh, and we would go in and offer them a cash amount for the property, go in and fix it up, you know, list it with Rick um, from a different realty company and, and sell it. That's what happened on the first one, right? How many do we do? Two? Mm-hmm. Two flips? Yeah. And then on the second one, we, uh, we uh, made brought us the deal, and then we went through uh, we went through their realty company to sell it as well. You know, and Devon helped us with fixing all the properties up, and that turned out helped us get a little bit of cash flow going, and so that worked out nice. Yeah, and it's kind of reset too. You know, that relationship with Mabe, it wasn't just the fact that they were managing our properties; they're also realtors, so they were throwing us deals that they saw hitting the market or from their old older tenant or older landlords that were selling. But they also put us in contact with their contractor who did all their maintenance. And we developed, we were able to develop a relationship with him and a pretty good relationship with him. And that's what allowed us to, you know, since we're in Maryland and not North Carolina, you know, we have contracting background. So we could get our eyes on it, come up with a plan of what we thought should be done. But then meeting with the contractor down there, getting us a price from him and let him turnkey the whole renovation to it. And, you know, we had our, our, connections down there, the realtor, a realtor, Rick, who was able to give us really accurate ARV comps of what he thought we could sell it for. You know, we looked at the numbers to see if we could make it work. This is what it's going to cost to renovate it from our contractor. This is what we think we can sell it for from Rick. And this is what we offer to the seller through Mabe. Uh, right. Which is totally different than we would have done it around here, around here. You know, Travis would have been up there. I would have been up there micromanaging the whole construction process and, you know, talking with the plumber, talking with the electricians, talking with the flooring guys, you know, the, the hauler, the whatever, we'd be doing it. Down there, it's more of a hands-off approach, you know. Here it is. Give us a price to do the whole project. We run the whole spreadsheet. Hopefully everything works out. You know, account a little bit of a percentage for overruns. And it was more of a business than it is around here. Around here, we're more like a general contractor trying to make a little bit of money 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I'm wondering who it was harder for, Todd or myself, uh, going out of state. You know, I'd never done a deal before, so, you know, it kind of felt intimidating to go out of state, but he's done plenty of deals, and he might have felt intimidated by not having all the control that he's used to having and making sure everything works perfectly. Um, you know, and I, I bring that up to just to make it a point that, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by going out of state, but it's a lot easier if you meet the people that you can rely on and you have to focus on forming those connections. And once you do that, you can, you know, have confidence through them. Yeah. I talk about it all the time, you know, get out to local real estate meetups, you know, get online, reach out to people through the invest nest, social media, whatever, just start meeting people in real estate, developing relationships, getting contacts, getting networked. And regardless, even if you don't have any investments where some of these contacts would make a difference, you know, you meet other people out there that might be looking for a partner like we did. And, you know, from there is potential opportunity. So it's not going to happen if you don't get up and take action. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to kind of close out with that in a minute also. But I guess, James, why don't you take us into where we are right now with with our, our, our the three of us journey and where we're kind of going from here? What's our what's our next goal and what's our next step? Yeah, we we've. We've got our backs against the wall right now. So, you know, we're, we're trying to fight our way out of this corner that we have ourselves in. That being, we just sold our eight units and we have our money tied up uh, with an intermediary for 1031 exchange. And we're looking for that next deal. It, it's right now, it's a hot market. Uh, every broker we contact, they say, we don't have a pre-existing uh, relationship with you. Uh, too bad, so sad. Uh, we have these clients that are going to buy immediately and they buy it off market. It's hard to come by a deal right now. So right now we're looking off market. We're sending out mailers, some of the same strategy we did to fund that first eight unit. Um, and we've had a couple nibbles, nothing, nothing coming through the pipeline yet, but we're on a 45 day, you know, clock, uh, to get, get the property identified. Uh, so right now we're looking for one to two million dollars multifamily assets, uh, Ohio, North Carolina, and other geographical you know areas if it, if they come through the radar uh, for us. Yeah, and just to reset that the eight units that James is talking about we sold is not the the wholesale. That's our that's our portfolio of single family rentals. So after we accumulated the eight single families over the you know eighteen month period, we went ahead and relisted them with a commercial broker and just sold all eight of them to one other investor and just closed on it recently. So our 1031 exchange clock has, has you know, started to count down. And Todd, what, are, what are, can you give us a little bit more insight on what it is that we're looking for? Where like the type of investment and kind of, I guess, why we're moving from the single family into what it is we're looking for now? Well, right now we're looking for a larger over under style building um, that has you know, maybe two to three floors with the, you know, main entrance with apartment on the left, apartment on the right, go up the stairs, apartment on the left, apartment on the right, brick building. And, you know, it, it would be nice to have, you know, 30 units, three 10 unit buildings in, in, in one spot or, uh, you know, two, 15, two 14 unit buildings. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're looking for. We think that we can save money on the capital expenses by consolidating it into, you know, that kind of building. But there's not a lot of them out there, that's for sure, right now. We're looking hard, you know. We've prepared ourselves. We've also brought in some other partners that we're talking with that have some interest in partnering with us. So we're going to, you know, use their potential capital in addition to what we're going to be doing from our 1031 from the sale of our, our portfolio. And, and we're super excited about that. We have the money, we have the game plan, we have the team in place. All we need is the deal. Mm-hmm. And we can make it happen quick. So every, I think everyone's really excited about that. So yeah, if anyone's that, listening and you got a 30 unit deal for one to $2 million, maybe we can work something out. So get in touch with Travis. Absolutely love it, James. Nice, very nice. So. You know, so like Todd said, we're, we have everything in place. It's about finding the deal. And what James just said, you know, we're we're putting our calls into brokers. We're sending off, you know, we're sending mailers in case we can find something off market. But this is the other part that people talk about in the, in the books and in the podcasts. You know, you have to continue to make offers and analyze deals and 
the more I, I realize for myself, the more I'm analyzing deals in other markets that we haven't invested yet, and even in a, diff in a different asset class than we've invested yet, I'm just getting better at looking at the deals and getting better at analyzing the numbers. And you start to see what looks like a better deal than what's not such a good deal. So we're, we're in the midst of that process right now. I just wanted to point that out to our listeners that it's, you know, it's not just you do this, you do that, you buy something, you sell it, whatever, you know, we're, we're in the grind right now. We're trying to find that next opportunity, but we have put ourselves in position to take advantage of it once we do. And how long has this been? It's been a year and a half, right? We're almost to two, almost to two years. Yeah. Almost, almost to two years. So anybody out there is thinking, Oh, I'm never going to do it. I mean, us, uh, us three, like I had some ex experience with it, but James and Travis didn't have a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So by us three getting together, bam, we did it a lot. So I'll, I'll add to that. It's two years of investing in property. It's three years of knowing each other and, and getting to make sure that the partnership's going to work. I hear a lot of stories about people getting into partnerships immediately, uh, especially as an attorney, things blow up quickly. Uh, not only when things go wrong, but when things go right. When there's money on the table, people kind of forget what they agreed to. Uh, so you really got to make sure you're working with good people you can trust uh, with with everything. And, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. And that's kind of what I want to close out with now a little bit. Now that we've kind of talked about, you know, how we came together and what we've been doing. You know, James, I know when we first met, like you said, before we actually started investing, the three of us started meeting, you know, almost every other week, I think for several months, just talking about real estate, talking about the different ideas we had about how we could invest in, in different things. And it slowly just took shape into we agreed on a strategy and what we wanted to implement. But before you started doing that, James, you know, you had told us that you had been wanting to get into real estate investing for a while and you hadn't taken, had not taken that first step. And I know you preach a lot about, you know, obviously educating yourself, but taking action, and, you know, not having not having that um, limiting belief that you can't do it, you hear other people doing it, but for some reason we hold ourselves back. Can you talk a little bit about some of those feelings that you might have had before you got started and then now in hindsight, now that you're, you know, you've done what you're doing now, you know, what, what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I spent, I don't know, three years learning uh, and did nothing in that period of time, you know, from 2015 or so really starting to expand my mind into the real estate you know, field and took, took no advantage of that opportunity. And it wasn't until I really started reading certain books about taking action and just making things happen that things started to happen. You can't educate yourself into a point of taking action and you know, it, it just doesn't happen that way. You just need to be able to take those risks, be willing to waste your time and be able to whip, learn from those mistakes because without that commitment of time and that effort, nothing's going to happen. Unless you have all the money in the world, you can just invest in other people's deals. Uh, you're not going to find the partners you want unless you're taking the risk to go on to some random website, meet with random people, meet at some random place and grab coffee and date them for a year. Unless you take that action, that's not going to happen. Unless you're sending those mailers to 300 properties, hoping that two or three of them call you back and you get one under contract, uh, the action's not gonna take place. You're not gonna find a deal. Unless you're calling up all these brokers, uh, getting in their face, telling them that you're a closer, you have the money, ready, willing, able to make the deal happen, nothing's gonna happen. Uh, so you really just gotta be willing to spend the time to make what you wanna happen, happen. And I think that we as a collective have, have been great at that. We each contribute our respective talents to, to making that dream come true. Um, so, I, you know, I don't, don't let yourself be your own enemy. I think that's principally, you know, what I've learned. Anything that I wanted to do, you know, I just had to take the first step. And everything, like even today, you know, going to the gym, hard, super hard, difficult. But me thinking about going to the gym isn't going to help me. I got to go. So I went this morning, got to the gym, felt much better about myself, and it picks up that momentum. So you just got to take action, even if you think it's futile. You know, analyze one deal a day, uh, call one property manager, just have those tasks and those action items that you can chip away at until something starts to manifest. 
Yeah. Speaking of taking action and, and figuring out a, a process and where we're going, Travis, where do you think we're going to go in the next five years? Where are we going to be? So the three of us have evolved our, our goal, I think, from when we first started. I think it's, it's been a fluid goal, I guess you could say. We have a, I think we always have like a loose plan. You know, we all have the same overall objective. And I think that's to get to scale with uh, a large number of cash flowing units. And ideally that would be different apartment buildings. So as of right now, if we're able to continue to execute the way we have, it would be 1031 exchanging into our midsize apartment building, kind of getting that experience for a little while, getting that street credit if we're successful as we expect to be. Um, then we'll have a track record and then be able to go on to other potential investors who might be interested in partnering, but not necessarily have the skill set that we have and that we've built up over the over time, you know, doing this. So if we can get into that position, we'll be able to not only have to wait and accumulate our own money to continue to buy these multifamily properties, but the, I think the plan is to partner with other people and have other investors come in and us be more or less, uh, you know, the, the asset managers and that will allow us to scale more quickly. So in five, five years, I don't know the exact number of units, but I'd say if we keep up with the same pace that we've been on, we should have a, a good amount of uh, apartment buildings under our belt by that point in time. Yeah, I'd so, say a hundred. That's my guess. hundred units. <laughs> James. I agree. You know, I think um, there's three elements to a good real estate partnership and deal time, money, and deals, um, and I, I think we're we're definitely, you know, focusing in on our strengths uh, to the the time and the money um, aspect, and we gotta, you know, put that together to make some good things happen. So I I want to I want to hammer home uh, partnerships here to close out in just a minute, but before um, before we do wrap things up, I did want to hit Todd with one more question that I think is a, you know, it would be interesting to a lot of people out there. You know, Todd, you have built up your existing portfolio aside from James and I for many, many years. And you've got a lot of experience when it comes to, you know, single family, multifamily uh, rental properties. But to add to that, you also have self-managed those properties. You've almost built yourself a management company. How do you compare the way you've done it over the past, you know, X number of years building your portfolio to what we've done over the past two years? Not necessarily which one's better or worse, but just the differences that you've noticed and any feedback you might be able to provide? Well, I think the difference is basically, if you've ever read the book from Robert Kiyosaki, The Cash Flow Quadrant, that's the difference. The, what I'm doing right now, I'm still in the self employed quadrant. You know, even though, you know, I'm building wealth and it's a little bit different, I'm still managing it, I'm still doing it. The, what we're doing goes more into the I quadrant, you know, he has the four quadrants. What is it? The, uh, you know, the employee, the self-employed, the investor, and the bit or the, the business person and the investor. So I think we're moving more into the I quadrant by doing this type of investing and letting our money work for us. That's my goal. I think that's a good way to go. And the difference, you know, what I'm doing now, I'm still in the self-employed quadrant. So today I was in Hagerstown, Maryland, working on the boilers and bleeding the system. You know, I had my son up there. I'm teaching him how to do it. He's sweeping the basement. We're organizing. We're putting shelves up. I've never done any of that in the business with you guys. And I think that's, a, that's the difference. And I think both sides are great. I enjoy doing it. I love working. I love the tenants. I love the people. I love doing it. But you get to a point where you can't do that if you want to, you know, really build real wealth and be an investor. So, you know, after reading that book of Robert Kiyosaki's, it, it opens your eyes up to, you know, how to how to build real wealth. You know, so I'm building a retirement with what I'm doing at home. I'm not building real wealth. Yeah. And I think, like I said, there's not really a right or wrong way, but, no. you, you know, I think what, the way we're doing it, the, the approach is that we could scale quicker versus what you did. But, you know, the obvious benefit to what you've been doing over the years is building a ton of experience, which really is invaluable when it comes to this kind of stuff. So and that, that'll kind of lead me to the last topic, which is really just partnerships and, you know, the three of us, how we all have kind of, you know, different backgrounds and 
different um, areas of expertise, if you want to call it, and even experience. What do you guys think contrib has contributed to our success so far? And, you know, like you said, James, I'll start with you, James. You said, you know, you're an attorney. You see a lot of um, issues with, with partnerships that, you know, that can kind of rise usually when it's over money. It's, it's easy to happen. Why do you think the three of us have been able to not just be successful, but been able to work together so well? And, and how has that contributed to our success? Communications. You know, that's, that's key. And I kind of hinted at this before, you know, communicating before you get into the partnership, understanding what everybody's personalities and goals are, making sure they're aligning and communicating throughout the process, making sure that everybody's goals are moving down the same path. And of course, you know, you're going to fork, you're going to learn that you want to do something else, you know, you know, even as a partnership, you know, everyone's goals are going to shift, but it's fine to have that divergence. You just need to make sure that what the project is that's in front of you, uh, everyone's on the same page moving forward. Uh, I think all three of us have our own respective uh, business ventures that we're doing, but we don't let that get in between what we're doing here together. And I think we have a good collective ideal of where we want to take this. And it's great for that purpose. And as long as everyone's communicating that, understanding, I think that's what leads to great, great partnership. Yeah, well said. Todd, what do you, can you add to that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, all of us have, definitely have our own, you know, skill sets. Mine's pretty much experience and the hands-on approach and the back of the envelope math saying, ah, I think that'll work. That, that building sounds good. 30, you know, 33 units, $550 a unit. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. Travis is more like, this is what the investors are going to get, their returns, da, da 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 You know, James is looking at the contract going, I don't think we should sign this. Maybe we should change this contract a little bit. So it's really, you know, it's a really well-balanced partnership that uh, if one person had all these skill sets, he'd, he'd be super rich. But <laughs> I don't think anybody's got that. So, yeah. I'll You know, I've – I've tried a lot of business ventures. I'm only, you know, 28 right now, so I'm pretty young. And I've tried a lot of things that, you know, informally that have failed utterly. And I, I think the common theme for any success that I've experienced is surrounding myself with good people uh, because I cannot trust myself to do everything well. So, you know, it's anybody who's getting into the, to the game of investing or business, you know, I really really stress, you know, finding good people to surround yourself with. If it's not only just a partner, you know, it's your attorney, your accountant, your consultant, uh, people that you can really rely on. Uh, if it's an informal partnership, like one of those relationships. They also but, become informal accountability partners as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that's the key is accountability. I, honestly, like that's what it comes back to for me because you know, I, I, I'll slack off on X, Y, Z, unless I know someone's counting on me to get it done. Um, a lot of times I'll have emails come into my inbox for prop, and I really try not to put those off because I know Travis and Todd are counting on me to get that done. If it was just me, you know, who knows when that stuff would get done. So I, I think partnerships really and accountability adds to success. It just compounds on each on each other even if you have to give up a little bit of equity if you can work up a good deal with people to have a long-term vision uh it's, it's well worth well worth the time and the sacrifice yeah absolutely and that's kind of what i want to close out with just you know the fact that i don't personally i know i don't i know i wouldn't be where i am with regards to real estate investing if it wasn't for you two guys you know not just what not alone just what you both bring but just like you said pushing each other you know that kind of reluctancy, I think, to take a dive into something. And unless you have that other person there sometimes that just bounce the idea off of, or if they agree, you know, if they agree with you on it, and it gives you a little bit of confidence boost. So I think I talk about partnerships a lot on the show, but I, and I wanted to have you guys on, not just to have a fun holiday show, but just so that the people out there, you know, just so that the listeners can hear firsthand that you know, what I, what I talk about on the show, what I talk about on the podcast a lot is true. You know, I find it true that the, the partnership between the three of us is actually what's enabled us to come this far so quickly. So 
if it was just me, if it was just Todd, if it was just James, I have no doubt none of, that any one of us would be successful. But I think the three of us with our different skill sets, accountability for, to one another has driven us to this point and gotten us, you know, helped us get to this point. So I kind of just wanted to just wanted to, you know, thank the both of you guys. I don't think I could have found two better partners. I think that the team that we've built is a uh, is a special one. And I'm, I'm very pleased that we've, you know, we've gotten this far and I'm very excited for what's to come. Okay, and before we wrap up, uh, James or, and Todd, if any of our listeners out there want to connect with you guys or find out more about what you're doing, uh, is there a place that they can find you? James, I'll start with you. Sure. Yeah, you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm James underscore Ripion. Uh, you can shoot me a message or get in touch me, with me there. All right, Todd. Yeah, you can reach out to me at uh, P.O. Box 1, Mount Airy, Maryland, 21771. I'm not a big uh, social media Instagram guy, but uh, I'd love to get a letter from you. P.O. Box 1, Mount Airy, Maryland. You got number one? You got it, buddy. Oh, man, that official snail mail, the official snail mail. So, uh, all right, I'll put I'll put the uh, the links in the show notes for James and, and Todd's P.O. Box down in the, in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out, you guys just scroll down and you can find them. And with that, I want to wish you guys, uh, you know, I hope you had a good Christmas. Happy New Year. I wish you guys a new year. Happy New Year. There, we could go on and on. There's so many things that we left out in our story. The relationships, like you said, James, not just with the people out of state, but our accountant, there's a lot of different things that we could talk about. We're gonna, but we're gonna go ahead and wrap this show up. I wanna thank you both for joining me, and I hope you guys both have a, a happy new year. And I'm excited. Same like to I said. you, Travis. Same to you, Travis. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. And I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us again this week. I hope you enjoyed the the podcast today. I had a really good time with Todd and James joining me. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit about our story and what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, so thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. I also want to wish everyone a happy new year. I hope everybody had a safe and fun uh, Christmas. Everybody's having a good holiday season and staying safe. So happy new year, everyone. I hope everybody has a great 2021. Thanks again for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Travis Murphy, and you're listening to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. I'll see you next year. Thank you for joining us on the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to join the InvestNest.com and start learning and earning today.